Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. People are like, what can I do to prep? Nothing. If you don't already know how to spot patterns, (laughs) I can't fix that for you. You have to go back to year two. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Int. Oh, I just kinked my neck. <laughs> so enthusiastic. <laughs> Say it more gently this time. Jesus. It's because I kink my neck around when I'm talking for emphasis. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name is Emma, I have a kinked neck and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and she doesn't have a kinked neck and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Oh, she's got the giggles. Watch out, everyone. It's going to be a funny episode. Welcome back, though. And Em, who are we giving a big fat shoot your shot shout out with a straight neck to this time? To James, a big thumbs up. This made me so happy. He said, G'day, ladies, which I love. I don't know if he's Aussie or if he's saying that because he's not from here and so he's trying to relate to us. But either way, I love it. G'day, (laughs) James. I can't tell. (laughs) Thanks for your podcast. I was in not a good place last Saturday and not confident in my notes for the interview Tuesday. I searched Spotify for an interview podcast and came across your one about preparing notes a few days in advance. Your tip about listing your achievements and then making the job profile fit them was exactly what I needed to hear. That worked for me like magic. I also listened to your podcast just before my interview and that again really helped. I think he means listen to this right before your interview. You are the shit one. Yes. We should have called it that. So should have. Missed opportunity. He said you have nice soothing voices and good sense of humours. I also like how you don't just make your podcast for women. As a bloke, I really appreciated all the advice and I only listened to two of your podcasts. Thanks very much, James. And I know you're Aussie now because you said blokes. No one else says that. Yeah, that's so true. That's very authentically Aussie. Oh, I'm so glad. And James, you're right. This podcast is for everyone. It's for whoever needs it out there. I can sense his aha moment he had of like, that worked perfectly for me. That's exactly what I needed. When you're so lost and confused and there's so much conflicting information out there, it feels so good to know that we're giving information that is accessible and makes sense to people that they can just go, ah, this is something I can do. 
And I just, I like the idea as well that like it is groundbreaking, I do think. A lot of people prepare completely the wrong way. So it's like new to consider preparing this way. But it's not like it's weird or it's outlandish. Like when you hear it, you're like, oh, of course, I can see how that makes sense. And so I like that they don't have to trust our word for it. They can just be like, oh, hold on, this makes sense. Like I can see how this would really help me. And I love that light bulb moment. It's my favorite. That's honestly our biggest takeaway from our whole podcast existing is prep your achievements before the interview. That's the stuff that's never going to change. You can't know their shit, but you can know your own shit. Sum it up. (laughs) Oh, my God. Put that on a (laughs) T-shirt. Now, if you need a little bit of help to get to where you want to be, you can check out Sarah's one-on-one sessions. If you are devouring us and you need more, you can find out all about them at interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. Now, If you liked one of our episodes, used a tip we sent you, or want to request an episode specifically on your situation, kindly follow us and then slide into our DMs and we (laughs) will happily do an episode on it, which is exactly what happened this week. With two people. Yes. AD slided into our DMs and she said, hey, you guys should do an episode on psychometric testing as part of the job application process. I have one today and Google isn't great. When I saw this, I was like, yes, how have we not covered this? Amanda then chimed in and said, hey, ladies, quick question to ask if you have any podcast episodes on psychometric testing and interview questions after the test. I have a second round interview coming up and have done psychometric testing prior. Many Thanks. This has been overdue for quite some time, I have to say. And it's so good for you to point out like what is coming up for you and what you haven't found episodes on. It's so helpful for us. We may not get it back to you, like record it and release it and send it to you in time for your interview, but think about it like you're paying it forward. You're helping someone else. Totally. Now, I just want to start off by saying, if you're listening to this episode, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It means you've had to do this or you might have to do this. And I'm going to get educated myself during this podcast because I really know not much about this, except for that they flash you pictures of triangles and it's some cryptic, awful, (laughs) disgusting (laughs) test that gives me flashbacks to fucking year 12 maths. It's awful. Okay. So just let's have a moment of silence for everyone that's going through this. I'm going to bust some of those myths, I think, and set the record straight and give you a really clear idea of what to do. But overall, just know Before we go into everything, there aren't really any tips or tricks or hacks, right? We can give you advice in general, but like there's not really much you need to know about these. See, awful. Awful. I know. Okay, let's break it down though. There's two broad kind of categories of tests that you might get given and they're quite different in what they're used for and also like what you need to do to prepare for each kind of them as well. So there's ability tests, which are typically like numerical reasoning, verbal reasoning, like they could be cognitive tests, they could be called aptitude tests. They're a little bit more like correct or incorrect type of questions. Give me an example of, com- what did you just say? Verbal confirmation, confirmation. <laughs> verbal reasoning? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> Like Tommy runs out in front of a truck, you can swerve and kill 10 people or him. Yeah, just just wait, just wait, just wait. Listen, listen, ready? Find the two statements that together prove that Rita has red hair. Oh my God, I'm confused already. Okay, number one, Rita has long hair. Number two, Rachel has red hair. Number three, Rachel is 10 years old. 
Number four, Rita's hair is the same colour as Rachel's. Five, Rachel has short hair. So do you see that the two that you would need together to prove that Rita has red hair is that Rachel has red hair and Rita's hair is the same colour as Rachel's? Right. Obviously, you would never get this verbally, so you would read it on the screen in front of you because it's 10 times harder when it's coming in your ear holes. But the correct answer is number two and number four. So Rachel has red hair and Rita's hair is the same colour as hers. So you're trying to take in information, comprehend it, and then make a decision. Which is the pattern? Six, seven, nine. Find the missing number in the following sequence. Yeah, 75, 78, 74, 73. Like they're just often like, oh, are they adding one? Are they minusing two? Are they whatever? Like, is it going up and then down and then sideways? I don't know. Like they're all different. So Those are the types of ability tests that you might get, or they might be called cognitive tests or aptitude tests. So that's one kind. The other kind is behavioral or personality type tests. And they are a lot more like personalities, tendencies, preferences. These are the kind of like horoscopy kind of tests or the ones that we talked about in the Know Thyself where you've got DISC or you've got different kind of personality type tests. Very different because there are no right or wrong answers in those. They just give you like a type or preferences or description of who you are and how you might go about doing things. There's really no yes or no for those. What's the point of that? Like, have they done them for all the people in the team? So they're looking to see if your personality fits in. Like, to me, that's just a waste of time. Great question. I would love to answer that. So why are they used in general? So why are the behavioral or personality ones used? They can help you compare and contrast candidates. And it allows you to put into words sometimes something that you have trouble putting your finger on of like, okay, I've got two final candidates maybe, or I've got a couple of different people that we're considering. How are they going to approach problems differently? I don't know. And maybe it's for like an executive position where they don't really need a lot of like the maths and the logic and the whatever. It's actually more about how they influence and how they manage their team and how they go about doing things. You might be more interested in that kind of stuff. I hate this. I feel like I'm sure there are more reputable ones out there, but I'm imagining like one that you take on like Clio magazine and someone's using that to guess whether you're going to do <laughs> a good D's. job. Like, what? <laughs> well, they vary widely in their cost and their validity and all that kind of stuff. And having come from a psychology undergrad, I'm particularly critical of behavioral and personality tests because- Okay, good. I'll throw that out there if there's any other psychologists listening. I'm not sure that personality psychology is really a valid field. I'm sorry if you specialize in personality psychology. I'm really sorry. You probably wouldn't be listening to this episode though. I just have questions about the whole field, but that's a whole thing for another episode. Is that because when you're filling it out, like you'd get it wrong because no one likes to- self-report. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are things, we'll go into that in a little bit, but I'm not convinced that you have a personality that is the same across your life. And I think that's the fundamental place you have to start from is that there is something that you can measure in the first place. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. So anyway, moving on from that, that's not really relevant, but typically what you'll find is that behavioral personality tests aren't used to knock people out at all. And they really shouldn't be. I really don't think that's very ethical. And I think in most cases, the companies would actually say that themselves too. This is not a screening test for the behavioral personality ones. They're just 
extra information. Sometimes, like you said, Em, they might be using it for all of their team and they're seeing how you would fit in and complement the strengths and weaknesses of other members of the team. So sometimes that's why they're doing it because everyone in the company does this test and everybody knows their disk profile or their whatever profile and they all know their different types across the business. So they might be wanting you to do it for that reason. Or they might be helping get extra information and extra words and ways to describe the way that you might approach things. But for the ability tests, they're more likely to be used as a bit more of an objective measure, like pass-fail. We're going to only take people who get X amount of score in this test. I'm not saying it always works like that, but you're more likely to find that's the case for the ability tests because that's what they're intended to kind of be used for. They are used a lot in grad recruitment, I find, or any kind of bulk processes because often you don't actually have any job experience to go off. And so they're like, we need someone really good at solving problems and very high intelligence, let's say. And so they're kind of just giving you a bit of an IQ test to be like, you've never worked anywhere before, but we need to assess your potential if that makes sense. And if you're smart and able to understand questions and problems and whatever, you're more likely to be able to learn this role and do whatever it is that we have for you. Now, I do have a problem with this because I've seen them used a lot in grad recruitment where, and calling out to all the grad recruiters out there, like, I want to know why you do this or whose idea it is, but they essentially just take the people who score the highest, which I think is a mistake because often for these types of companies, you do not need the smartest person. You just don't. But you shouldn't just take the top 10 higher scores or the top 50 because I just think you're selecting then for someone who is extremely intelligent. Is that actually what you need? And it can't test for personality. What if that's someone that's, yes, so smart but really socially awkward and doesn't gel well? Exactly. And so I think all of that should be considered. So maybe there is a bottom area, but I actually do kind of think that sometimes the people that are, they're almost like too smart for your company. <laughs> like they're not going to stay because they're capable of much, much better things. So I, I kind of think it's a bit weird that they just take the top. I can see how you need to have at least X in order to pass, but then you should use other things from there. Anyway, that's how they're typically used in recruitment processes. Mm. What stage of the interview process do they get you to do one of these? Right at the start or is it like the last step? Good question. And like people are going to ask this of like, oh, but is this normal or is this whatever? The company makes it up on their own. Like they get to choose how they're going to do it. So I think in grad recruitment and things like that, they might actually do them up front as a very first step early in the process because it's kind of like a knockout thing of like, are we even going to talk to you yet? We just want you to pass this hurdle first. And typically, like I said, that would be the ability type ones. For the behavioral or personality ones, that might be later on in the process. If I was going to use one, I would typically do it before an interview, maybe before a second round interview or something like that, or maybe even before an offer. So we've already interviewed and we want a little bit more information and then we're going to make the decision. But I would want to ask them questions about what came up in their personality profile. So let's say it said Emma's personality type is she's very meticulous and she likes detail and she will always strive to do the right thing, but she could potentially have a tendency to get a bit overwhelmed. And we're like, okay, Cool. Like these tests don't write like you aren't, you fit, you don't. But I might then want to ask you a question about that in the interview. So it's giving me suggestions for the things that I might want to know about you. And you might say, yeah, look, that has been an issue in the past, but I do this, 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 you know, hasn't come up before. And you've given me really great confidence that the things that this test might have pointed out, you've addressed them. They're not kind of issues for you. Stupid test ratting you out for your weaknesses and making you have to address them. (laughs) 
There's no ideal personality though. That's the thing. Every way that you possibly answer them, there's always going to be something that they can ask you about. True. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits, and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. We've got a bit of background out there. That's good because I really knew not much at all about these. Now onto the advice. If you're going to have to sit an ability test, what do we need to know? There are so many different companies and different testing types out there. And I couldn't even possibly tell you, like, what are the top ones? Like, there's just the hundreds, thousands of different companies that offer all different types of tests. Some of them, like I say, they vary in their psychological validity and reliability and actual research backedness. But most of them, again, in this ability space, tend to be a lot more based in proper psychological research where they are kind of pretty good. Okay. Let's put it that way in testing what they're actually trying to assess. So I encourage you to do some research on the provider that they are using. You're not going to be able to figure this out in advance. Unfortunately, there's not really any way to do that. But when you get sent the test, have a look. It will come from that company or like when you click in, you'll be able to see what company's using it. They'll have instructions. They'll normally have like a helpline as well if anything goes wrong. And that will be with the testing company that all of that will be with. So you'll be able to work out who's the provider. Is this normally timed and how long do you have to do it? Like, will they send it to you, but you've got three days to do it or? Yeah, typically. Yeah, typically. We'll get to that in a sec, but do some research on the provider that they're using and the types of tests that are available and which one this is. I have, And they might tell you this is a numerical test. Okay, great. Now I know what kind of vaguely to expect. It's going to be lots of numbers and patterns and things like that. There are usually practice tests available. I find a lot of people like skip these or they go, yeah, 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 whatever. Do the practice tests, do it over and over. Sometimes they have like a set of 10 practice questions or whatever. Do them over and over. Even if you already are really good at these things, it can just get you familiar with the types of ways that they ask these questions. Like there is to a certain extent, a level of like getting comfortable with testing and what kinds of ways they tend to phrase things and what it is that you're meant to be doing and how you go about figuring it out. And those things are going to be really helpful to you. You can't prep for the actual questions. There's just no possible way. People are like, what can I do to prep? Nothing. If you don't already know how to spot patterns, (laughs) I can't fix that for you. You have to go back to year two. Well, if you want to do this in general, you should do crosswords and puzzles and things to keep up your IQ or like do IQ puzzles. Yeah, stuff like that is going to be really good for these kinds of things. But you can't do that the day before. That's not going to help. Just make sure that you're familiar with the test. All the middle-aged dads out there on holiday are like perfectly suited to do this. They've been training their whole lives for Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, they're the kind of thing that like if you had never seen that question before where it was like find the two statements that together prove that Rita has red hair. If you've never seen that before and it's in the actual test, you're confused just working out what's going on, Yeah. let alone trying to work out whether Rita has red hair or not. You know, like I want you to get rid of that part. Get familiar with the types of questions. Then read the instructions really thoroughly before you begin. Something I never do. 
Yeah, this is really important because they can be so different. Sometimes they're about speed. How many questions can you get through in this certain amount of time? But sometimes they're about accuracy as well. And they might tell you it's both. Well, that's really hard. You're going to have to balance them. But you want to understand what's the measure here? Do you need to keep an eye on the clock or have you got forever and you just need to get them right? Different tests are going to do this differently. And it also might depend on the settings that the company has told them to put. Like, do you get a redo? Do you get extra amount of time? I don't know. All of that's going to be kind of dependent on the test that you're doing. And the test will normally explain what you should focus on. They might even give you tips of like, if you're spending too long on a certain question, move on to the next one. Like they'll give you hints on don't waste your time on a question that you already don't know the answer to. It's better to move on to the next one. Now, make sure you pick a time and place that suits you. Needs to be quiet, have your notepaper, get that computer on charge, good internet connection, all of those simple things. And like if you're a morning person, don't do it at night. Like do it in the morning. Like make sure you've eaten something beforehand. Make sure like just set yourself up so that your brain is in peak condition. Don't do it after a night where you didn't get any sleep. Like think about these things to put yourself in the right mindset and the right kind of physical environment. Now, we have talked about before when you get invited to do like one of those recorded video interviews or whatever, that you should do that straight away. Like don't overthink the time and the place or whatever. Just get on, do it, do it tonight, do it tomorrow, like book it in really soon. This isn't the same thing. I want you to use your whole deadline, however long you have, to find a time that actually suits you because these things will make a big difference. Like I'm sure, I can't even remember the details, but I'm sure that there's research out there on like your intelligence and your IQ and your abilities fluctuating depending on how much sleep and like what time of the day it is. Like that is really real and that could make a difference for you. So make sure you find a time that suits you. And if you like are away or you've got the kids or you whatever, something doesn't work in the next few days, ask them, hey, is there any chance I could do this on Friday? Could you extend it for me? Like ask for that stuff because it's going to make a difference. I love it. Great advice. Now, moving on to the personality tests. Now, be yourself. There are no right answers, which I always feel like it feels like a trick, but don't spend too long on each question and overthink it and go, oh, but do I just whatever comes to mind? Because I feel like the more you stew on a question, the more you try and convince yourself and you lose sense of reality. Like, do I do that? I don't know. Yeah. And if you're taking a really long time to do these, they should give you a bit of a guide of like roughly how long it will take to do these kinds of things. If you're taking longer than that amount of time, you're probably overthinking it. Make sure you, again, read all the instructions, but they will typically say, come up with the answer that best fits you, do it very quickly, what feels right, don't overthink it, move to the next thing. And on that note, don't be too neutral and just pick some times for all of them. Part of (laughs) answering honestly is not being afraid to say something wrong. Many people will choose to play it safe with certain questions and think, oh, they wouldn't want me to say that I always speak my mind and be bossy, so I'm just going to say never. It will just be weird and it will make your results not true. Not reflect you. Yeah, that's right. And Mm. you, again, like Emma was horrified that, oh, they're going to come up with a question on your weaknesses based on your personality test. Again, these are really not being used to knock you out. You have the wrong personality. Like I can't think of a way that would be ethical at all. And the test companies themselves would say these are not to be used for knockout purposes. They're only for giving you additional information. And typically I'd say they're used prior to interview so that they can ask you and give you an opportunity to respond. Hey, 
do you tend to do things this way? Can you give us an example of where it didn't work or where it did? Now, don't try and predict what they want you to be. (laughs) It's not going to work. There's no way of doing this. No. And like imagine, again, it's what we always talk about. Like imagine you made yourself sound a lot more collaborative, but actually they really wanted you to be more directive. Yes. You've just shot yourself in the foot. I know. And like you play out all the different scenarios. Unless you're 100% sure of how you should make yourself look to get the answers, like if you've got a cheat sheet behind the scenes, someone told you, you need to get this result, personality, answer these questions, 100%, you shouldn't try it. Just be yourself. I don't think there's anyone out there with a cheat sheet that's been told 100% by someone. So don't even say in that event because people will run with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm saying it has to be 100% because you'll be like, it's not 100%. Yes, that's right. It's not. So don't do it. Now, don't try and sound favorable. So these questions are written in a way that can highlight that you're showing up differently to normal. Yes, exactly. I want to tell you about two different things and I'm getting a little bit into the psych degree here. So there's two types of biases because you kind of touched on it, Em. Like if we're thinking about an actual true personality assessment, that would be carried out in person one-on-one with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Like they would interview you, write down your answers, and then they would mark you and assess you on a personality thing. Obviously, that's ridiculously expensive and only really relevant in places where it's clinically appropriate. So they're not going to do that for a job interview. I'm sure they do for like police and stuff though, right? Like army. I'm sure they do actually do that with a psychologist. But in most circumstances, you're just doing a survey. It's a self-reported questionnaire. And what's not great about self-report is that it's not really any way for us to tell whether you're telling the truth or not. Surveys have come a long way. There's a lot of research that's gone into how do we make our surveys written really well? How do we make them less likely to have people lie? How do we make them more likely to catch people who are trying to act a certain way? How do we try and test whether someone's being consistent with what they said before? Because that's the thing, if you're trying to make up a new personality, it's going to be hard to remember what it was that you said 10 questions ago to that thing and be like, does that make sense with the next question? Like you might be kind of all over the shop. So surveys have come a long way in being written to address these kinds of problems with self-reported questionnaires. So smart. Yeah, I know. And this is like a whole area of psychology, which I do actually find quite interesting, even down to like the rating scales that they use, like most like me, least like me, or strongly agree, strongly disagree, a five-point scale, a seven-point scale. All of that is like there's research behind whether a seven-point or a five-point is more appropriate and should you do a sometimes or should you not. All sorts of stuff goes into this. But I digress. So there's two types of biases that these types of personality things might be looking for. So there's something called acquiescence bias. Basically just means that you're agreeing to everything. Like you're just saying yes to everything that comes up. I guess you could have the reverse too. You're just saying no to everything. So for example, here's how they catch that. Because they don't know if you just say yes to everything, do you really mean those things or are you just saying yes to everything? Maybe you just really agree with everything. So they reverse questions and it'll be the same question, but later on reversed. So it might say, I am a confident person. Do you agree? And you might say, yes, strongly agree because you're going to agree with everything. And then the next question later on is, I struggle with self-confidence. And you say, agree. (laughs) It's like you just said you're a confident person earlier and now you're saying you struggle with self-confidence. Again, some of those things could be true in some circumstances, but they do this a lot with reversing the questions and seeing, well, you're just agreeing with everything. You would expect that someone would have agree and then disagree or disagree and then agree. Does that make sense? To make themselves consistent. So 
they will be checking for these kinds of things. So try and be yourself. You're not going to be able to catch all this stuff. There's also social desirability bias. You hit on this perfectly, particularly in the context of like going for a job. You're putting your best foot forward. Totally. You don't want to leave any room for doubt. Can you be abrasive to your colleagues and you'll be like, no, never, of course not. Do I ever make mistakes? Never. <laughs> so you might be tempted to make yourself sound better than you are, but surveys are often built with ways to estimate if you're trying to change your answers. So it's kind of hard to go into like exactly how they do this, but there's something called face validity of questions. And it's kind of like how obvious is it what you're measuring here? Like for example, with the confidence one, I am a confident person. You're like, ah, you're asking about my confidence. Like it's very easy to see what they're asking about, but there are questions where it might not be as obvious what they're asking about. And they might combine those with the obvious ones to see if it matches. And you might be like, oh, in the obvious one, I'm changing my answer because I know what you're trying to do and I'm trying to sound better. But in the non-obvious one, I'm telling the truth. And then they can see that you're shifting your behavior. So they might even have a measure that comes out at the end that says, we suspect Emma was trying to shift her behavior and she got a score overall of like nine out of 10 of like trying to change herself or whatever. I've seen ones that do that. Never knew that. Yeah. But overall, for the personality and behavioral ones, don't panic. They won't be used to determine whether you get the job or not. They're just adding to the overall picture. So all of that was just a bit of behind the scenes on they are quite scientific, actually, even if I disagree with them a little bit fundamentally. And it is a better way than the interviewer kind of describing your personality or guessing your personality based on a couple of interview questions. So they are trying to kind of be a little bit more numbers-based as opposed to basing it out of their own judgment. They're trying to remove bias. Don't say that like that's a better thing. I don't want to be judged on whether I can remember what the fuck a rhombus is. Judge me on my vibes. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. Yeah, okay, that's interesting because they're not knowledge tests. Never, ever are they knowledge tests. What, they're thinking problem-solving tests? Yes. How could the rhombus fit into the parallelogram? I don't know. What knowledge is reader has red hair? It's not like that's not knowledge. You didn't know any of that information. It's your ability when presented with new information. You will have all the facts that you need in front of you to make assumptions and understanding. And Just let me make jokes about rhombuses. These tests suck. Case closed. Good luck out there. Yes, well, maybe they do suck, but I think that they are great for grad testing. If I had to do a big grad program, I would definitely use them in the future. I have used the personality and behavioral ones for grad type programs as well or for really senior level roles. They can be really helpful in the process. They genuinely really can. Don't overthink it. It's not something to be really scared of. It's our takeaway. You can do it. You can do it. Get in a quiet room do that test and go on to the next thing. Smash that rhombus. Maybe after you start, you should ask for your results. I think you should do that. If you get the job, ask for your results later and share it with us. What did the results come back like? What did you get? Love to know. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, follow us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, or better yet, tell someone else about our incredible podcast. We hit the charts, we get recommended, and we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, some savable tips, and some funny videos, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss and chuck us a follow.
we've been your job search besties and helped you in some way, there's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>